We have an exquisitely sensitive notion of how the music in our lives makes us feel. And the majority of people use music every day for mood regulation. We listen to a certain kind of music in the morning to help us get going, a different kind of music at night to unwind. There's a kind of music you use to get through your exercise workout. And in effect, we're using, them like, we're using the music like we use drugs. That's Dr. Daniel Levitin. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Tuesday. Thank you so much for tuning in with me today as we have a brand new featured speaker who is an author, a musician, and neuroscientist. And today, he's going to talk about the amazing connection that we have between our brain and music. Here's Dr. Daniel Levitin. Enjoy. There's another thing that's interesting uh, that's come out of the laboratory just in the last few years that I wanted to share with you. Uh, and that has to do with music's health effects. Now, there have been a lot of stories about music as medicine, and for years, it was all just anecdote. And in science, it's important to remember that the plural of anecdote is not data. <laughs> Anecdotes are just stories. Data comes from careful and systematic observations, following the scientific method, having control groups and such. And there were lots and lots of stories about the power of music, but not a lot of data. But fortunately, in the last five years, um, diligent researchers uh, have started collecting some of these data. And it's interesting what we've discovered. Uh, music does function as medicine in some contexts. Uh, for example, listening to pleasurable music releases dopamine, the so-called feel-good hormone in the brain, and uh, can function in that sense almost like an antidepressant. If you're sad and you suffer either from clinical depression or you're just feeling regular old sad without any, um, you know, clinical psychopathology, what do you do? Often people reach for sad music and they find that it helps them to, to feel better. Now you might be thinking, why would they do that? Why wouldn't somebody who was sad reach for happy music? And the reason is that when you're sad or depressed, you're usually feeling misunderstood, like the people around you don't understand you and that's contributing to these feelings of sadness, the sense of detachment. Uh, and so if somebody comes along and says, oh, well, you ought to listen to some happy music, uh, you just feel even less understood. You want to, you know, kick them in the face. So um, if you put on the right piece of sad music, you go, oh, that's how I feel. This person understands me. This musician gets it. They've been through it. 
And they're expressing it so beautifully. They not only had this terrible experience where they felt they were at the bottom of a cliff, but they you know, somehow managed to get out of it and come through it and turn it into this beautiful work of art. So the sad music uh, turns out to be soothing, unlike the happy music when you're feeling sad. And we now know that listening to sad music uh, releases prolactin. This is the same chemical that's released when mothers nurse their babies. It's a soothing hormone that makes you feel comforted. Another thing that music does is it increases the production of immunoglobulin A. IgA, as you may know, is responsible for mucosal immunity, for uh, disorders of the mucus system, colds, uh, flus, and things like that. And listening to pleasurable music boosts the production of IgA. It also uh, helps to boost the production of NK, that is natural killer cells, T cells to help boost the immune system overall. Uh, and it reduces cortisol levels. Cortisol is the stress hormone, uh, and it's toxic. Uh, and you don't want to have too much of it in your bloodstream. It leads to fatigue and cloudy thinking. Uh, now, the interesting thing here, people always ask me, um, what music should I listen to? And the interesting part of it is, you probably already know. Uh, as music therapy evolves as a field, I don't think you're going to go to a doctor, a music doctor, and have them say, Oh, depression, uh, take two Joni Mitchells and call me in the morning. Uh, <laughs> everybody knows already what music does for them, most of us anyway, certainly if you're here in this talk tonight. Um, we have an exquisitely sensitive notion of how the music in our lives makes us feel. And the majority of people use music every day for mood regulation. We listen to a certain kind of music in the morning to help us get going, a different kind of music at night to unwind. There's a kind of music you use to get through your exercise workout. And in effect, we're using, them like, we're using the music like we use drugs. We use caffeine to get up in the morning, alcohol to calm down after a fight with somebody, or with enough alcohol to get into a fight with somebody. Uh, but uh, the idea is that music is regulating the hormones and the neurotransmitters effectively the way that drugs do. So the answer to music therapy is for doctors uh, and uh, patients or, or just any of us on our own to recognize that music has this power over us, this influence on us, and to use it, uh, to, to be systematic about it, create a playlist that will help you do whatever activity it is that you're doing. The other thing that uh, is interesting is that the, um, the playlists really, um, in general, uh, work better when you're the one selecting the music. There was a study that just came out a couple of years ago where people in a pre-operative setting in a hospital, in an experiment, were either given Valium, which is what you normally give them, a benzodiazepine to calm them down before surgery, or they were given music. And either they were given music that the doctor gave them or music that they could choose themselves. And the people who could choose their own music showed much less anxiety than the people who had Valium or the people who had the music forced on them. And, and you know, the great thing about music is, in this context is that it's organic, it doesn't have any side effects, uh, and, and it's relatively cheap, uh, practically free. Big thanks to Dr. Daniel Levitin for stopping by. I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled, This is Your Brain on Music. And if you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, daniellevitin.com. His Instagram is official, And his latest book is entitled, This is Your Brain on Music, 
The Science of a Human Obsession. And I have all the links to connect with him and his work, along with a link to today's entire talk. They will all be in the show description below, so you can go and check that out. All right, that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and I will see you back here tomorrow. So, until then, stay strong. Later.